What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of Podmosh. Today, I got to speak to the mayor candidate of Keene, who's uh, running for mayor as well in Keene, Texas. Um, her name is Samantha Gillen. Uh, I had a lot of fun talk to her, talking to her. She's a real estate broker in Keene, been uh, doing real estate for pretty much her entire adult career life. Um, really fun to talk to. Uh, we, we get into a lot of the economics and a lot of her vision for Keene. Um, so again, it was, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. Thanks. Right, and we are live. Well, hi, Samantha. Well, hello, Galen. How are you? Fine, thank you. <laughs> Samantha Gillian, right? Gillen? Gillen. Gosh, Gillen. Uh-huh. Gillen, okay. So, um, originally I was asked you out here to record with me because you're running for mayor for Keene as well, right? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, tell me how you got into even wanting to run for mayor and how long you've been living in Keene. Well, I've been living in Keene about 15 years now. I opened my real estate office there in 2005. That's right, because you're a broker. Right. Okay. I'm a real estate broker. And, of course, being in the business 36 years, uh, that's going through a lot of things. Like <laughs> back when we had three-ring binders and we had to run to each office and look through a three-ring binder and find a house and then get the keys there, go show it, and then come bring the keys back oh and gosh. bring the sheets back, you know, because we were all had three-ring binders. You yeah. have, you have that, uh, do you have the app that they use now? Where uh, it's like you can unlock it with your phone? Yes. That, yes, they're called super keys. Uh-huh. Freaking crazy. Oh, it's, it's neat. But, you know, you, you can open it with your phone. You can open it with a little computer that you carry in your pocket, which is pretty neat, too. Huh. So you've been, you've been doing real estate. You've been in Keene doing real estate for how many years, you said? Well, since 2005. Okay. Yeah. And you were in the DFW Metroplex before that, right? Yes. Yes, I originally lived in, well, not originally, but I, I was born in Arkansas. Grew up in New Mexico, ended up back in Texas in 1977, and then lived mostly in Dallas, um, Arlington, Grand Prairie, that area. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Well, that's cool. So you being in real estate, was this your entire career or did you do something before real estate? Well, I for 36 years I've done real estate. Yeah. But before that I was I was, you know, I, I owned my own business, other businesses and oh, okay. um and growing up in New Mexico, well, I had my two sons there in New Mexico, so um, I guess just mainly working, you know, doing different things there. What, what businesses I, did you own? Um, I owned a uh, <clears throat> Native American oh. uh, jewelry company. Neiman Marcus was one of my buyers. Oh, okay. And Priscilla Presley's uh, shop in California, which was called Biz and Bows, hmm. and that was pretty neat. And uh, just, you know, Elvis Presley had one of my... Uh, concho belts that was gold and silver and turquoise. And Wait, so he came to your store and bought that? Uh, no, <laughs> actually, he he took it from his wife's store. Oh, uh, but he was there, and and I was there a couple of times when he was uh, riding uh, his daughter on his shoulders. Huh. You know, be back back of the store. That's really and cool. He, he would always come up and look at the jewelry and stuff, and he wanted to come out and meet the Indians, but he, he didn't get a chance to get out there to see the Native Americans like he wanted to. He really wanted to see how they did all that stuff. <laughs> what part of New Mexico were you from? Well, I grew up in Almogordo and Tularosa oh, yeah. near White Sands Missile Range. Mm-hmm. That's where my father had worked. And then we lived in Las Cruces. My kid's father was a state policeman. So we lived all over that state, <laughs> all over that state. There's a lot of uh, border things that happen over there, right? A lot, a lot, of, of, a lot of border. Um, what? A, well, I'm not going blank here. Uh, <laughs> the law enforcement, 
Border Patrol, right? Border Patrol. Well, yeah, there were Border Patrol there as well. Because I was, whenever we visited probably two summers back, roughly. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the first time I've been out there. Um, Beautiful area. Really unique. I wasn't, like, it kind of goes, because we went to Rio Doso. Um, Uh Love that beautiful area. And then you you go down and then go into the, Uh what's that? The horse racing. (laughs) <laughs> I think you go down there's like with desert and you yeah. see white sands and in between those those parts there's also a lot of border patrol agents and oh, I didn't yeah. realize how close it was. Well, I I love the state because it was uh, you could go to the mountains, you could have lakes, you could mm-hmm. have, you know, you could you could go down to El Paso and there's the border. Um but you had the mountains and you could mm-hmm. go um arrowhead hunting. You could go oh, yeah. um looking at the pueblos and 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 you could visit the Indian reservations, you know, some of them shop i love the kachina dolls and stuff like that you see i was born in california and we were an hour from the beach and an hour from the mountains so Uh if we no matter what we wanted to do we could just kind of we'll go to the beach today or we'll go to the mountains today it's a lot of fun yeah it makes it nice whenever you've got a variety of things that you can do Mm -hmm. so you're telling me a little bit about um you're in the dfw area uh doing commercial real estate you don't do as much commercial commercial real estate now right or do you still do a lot of that no i I still do commercial um but we we also uh, well we do every facet of it. It's residential, commercial, uh, lots of acreage, farm and ranch, and that kind of thing. Um, do you have an agent that specif- that specializes in each arena? I basically do most most of those areas. Okay. Um, I have um, I work a lot in commercial uh, different things, but also a lot in residential. So those are my two primaries. But I do have uh, other realtors. Um, we also do uh, property management, which, um, you know, is, is a job. <laughs> I, know th- I know when I was looking, because I, I got my real estate license recently. Um, I work under a broker right now. She's awesome. But uh, when, I, when I was trying to get into more commercial, um, I started reaching out to people. And it was really cool. But I realized there's a... It's not different. A, not a stigma, but it's almost like a lot of commercial agents won't even work with a residential agent. Like if you're a residential agent, agent yeah. trying to sell a, a commercial property, like they're like, nah, I would, yeah. I'm going to take the full commission, like that type of thing. Why is that? Well, because it's a whole different, you have a lot of classes you need to take, a lot of education on the commercial end because there's a whole lot of differences in it. Yeah. And being at 36 years, I've kind of been through the hard knocks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> with a lot of it, you know, so you learn it and you learn it real quick. Mm. And I had some good teachers too, you know, and so that's why I try to be a good mentor to my people because if you don't train them how to do it right and ethically and everything, then they're not going to be good at what they want to do. Mm. And you don't get into it just for a fly by night type thing. You get into it because you love helping people. You like working with people and, and a home is a major, major uh, you know, purchase. And so you want to see them happy in their homes mm-hmm. and, you know, where they can raise their families. This is, that's what this house was for us. We weren't expecting to even get this house. We live in an apartment for a while and, um, you know, we have two kids. So it was kind of getting a little crowded. We we're trying to find a home and we, we looked at Cleburne and this house kind of popped up and we, long story short, we weren't supposed to get it. And like we, the backyard is one of the biggest reasons why we got it. We uh-huh. love this house and it was built in the 1890s. And this is one, this is our first home, but we could totally see this house being, you know, our forever home. Just you make it here. your own. Uh-huh. It's, oh man, it's so much fun. All right. So broker, you, um, been in real estate for a long time. Do you have kids? Yes. I have two sons. Okay. Uh, I have two grown sons and I have six grandkids, oh. one grandson and five granddaughters. I didn't have daughters, so I got five of them. 
Do they all live in Keene? <laughs> no, they all live in Texas except for one. Uh, Bethany lives in Oklahoma City. Uh, and like she's, a family in Oklahoma. Yeah, and she's married. Uh, and then four of my uh, granddaughters live in Austin. Two of them are married. <clears throat> I have one granddaughter that right now is um, going for her master's in physics. Oh. And so, geez, physics. The, the group, I know. The so I said, one she is sure didn't sun. get that brain from me. <laughs> Man, I can't. I can't do physics. I can't do anything yeah. that's advanced level yeah. on math. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, can't. That, that was me. I said, oh, I don't know where she got that brain, <laughs> but it wasn't from me. But um, she she travels all over the world. She's been to Australia and Hawaii and everywhere at those telescopes. Oh. And, and so. So that that's kind of neat. To, is she part of like a I don't know, an internship doing that, or is that just part of like something she likes doing on the side? Well, no, she it's part of her program that she's doing. Oh, okay. uh, she's written a lot of articles, and she's mm. very well thought of. And more, she's pushing the academics out of it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I think so. Yeah, and her sister was a chemical engineer. Oh my gosh! And this was all down at um, College Station. Uh huh. Where they went, and so they're, they're <laughs> yeah, I know it's like, oh, where'd they get those brains? <laughs> wow, that's wow, that's amazing. I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, I like I'm I like science. Uh, my my degree is more on the health side of it. Uh, that's what I'm pursuing. I, I, I'm pursuing more academic as well, but physics and chemistry. <laughs> well, are you my, gonna are you gonna do real estate part time? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of why I got it. It was one of those things. Um, I always wanted to have something to fall back on just in case. Like I'll mm-hmm. do it part time, and then. You know, if things got really bad, you know, we're, we're not one firing away from losing sure, everything. Sure. And that's kind of what uh, growing up, even like I was an EMT for a long time and I'll say a long time, a few years. I was, uh-huh. it was like six, seven, seven years. And um, you kind of learn how to live off of a little, you know, there's yeah. you don't get paid a whole lot as an EMT. Um, but it, I was always fearful of, you know, what if something happened? I lost my job. I mean, that's that's exactly. it. Exactly. And so I got my real estate license. Um, I got my pilot's license. Um, I got my EMT's license. Um, working on my degree. And these are all just kind of like levels for me of protection for me and my family. Sure, sure. But, and you need that. Yeah. And yeah. like when we had the big crash, you know, they, they call it the I-30 crash. And Which was, one? Well, <laughs> been real estate. This was yeah. years ago. but um, 2008. But I learned to, yes. And I learned to... Um, do other things. And I was in management with American Airlines for a while. And then oh, I was. So you left the business completely? No, no. I did it part time oh. during that time. Okay. And then I've never not been in real estate yeah. since I can remember. But um, I worked for American Airlines in management for a while. And then I worked for a company um, that was um, responsible for um, the new home equity loans when they first hit. Okay. That you could do that. Uh, and then I worked also with a company called City Financial Mortgage. Mm. I was their foreclosure unit. Okay. Uh, so you've done a, yeah, on, a, on every yeah, side of the transaction. Yeah. yeah okay. I've been on all sides. Okay. I've worked with builders and I've done inspections and I've had every facet of real estate wow. and over the 36 years. I'm sure that helps a lot. It does. It does. It sure does. It helps you help your people mm. because the main goal is, you know, you want your people to be happy. Mm. You want them to have a good property. And <clears throat> yeah, if you've learned through your studies, there's some things you can do and some things you can't do. And um, so, you know, it's ultimately it's their decision, mm. you know, what yeah. they want to do with it and everything. But um, 
Yeah, well, um, you've never been into politics. Oh, no, I'm not a politician. <laughs> so you've been in Keene a long time. Um, 15 years. What? Why now? Well, I like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm currently the president of the Type A board. And explain what that is. Well, it it's the program that helps with the industrial park. We economic development for Keene and getting businesses into the the industrial park. And the goal there is to get jobs into Keene to where not only the citizens can have it, the jobs, but the students can have jobs. Do you know the the percentage or ratio of people who actually work in Keene and live in Keene? Because I, I know for me, I had to I had to leave the city of Keene to work and right. then come back. Is that kind of the, mo- the majority of people? That's the majority of the people. Most of uh, the people don't work in Keene. You know, there's a lot of small businesses there. Is that what you're trying to fix? Yes. Okay. I would like to see more jobs. I would like to see retail where we have the uh, tax dollars to fix our infrastructure, which is terrible. Um, you know, it, it's... I am a citizen there in Keene. So when I'm looking at being a mayor, I'm looking at it. I'm a citizen. I want every citizen there to be happy. I want them to love the city like I do. I want to make the improvements that would help everybody there. Um, I'm Seventh-day Adventist as well. And so I don't want, you know, my belief to keep other people from wanting to come into the city that maybe don't believe the way I do. Uh, I want them to feel welcome there. I want to make them feel welcome where maybe they want to become a Seventh-day Adventist eventually. Mm. You know, you don't run people off from your church. You bring them in. Mm. I think that's what God intended. Mm. You know, that you love everybody. It doesn't matter. You know, I try. I, somebody asked me one time, you know, um, about what's going on happening, you know, with with the world right now and people... Uh, not getting along with each other and stuff like that because of the race. Um, to me, and I said this, I said, I, I don't see color. I see people. I see human beings. And one lady said, well, that means we're insignificant if you don't see the color. And I said, no, what it says is that you're the same as me. I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. We're all human beings. We need to all love each other. We need to all take care of each other. We all need to care what's happening to the other person. Doesn't matter, you know, and that's the way I was raised. Does the city of Keene see a lot of those uh, issues pop up? You know, no, not really. Uh, we have some, mm-hmm. but not really. Yeah. It's more around us. I just hope it doesn't come there. Yeah, yeah. You know? you, just not getting into politics. I mean, it's uh, I maybe maybe you've experienced this before. I don't know, but. I mean, you can't please everybody, and, and it's a messy business. It's always been a messy business. Uh, a lot of slime ball throwing. Um, is that – I'm not I'm not trying to say that that's the case in Keene, but um, you're not going to be able to please everybody. You know, I know, I know that's your desire and your heart, um, but unfortunately, people are people's. How, how do you kind of work through that in your heart and your mind? Well, having run businesses, I do know you cannot please everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you get your hard knocks, but as long as people – feel like you're doing your best, you know, you would hope that they would know you are. First of all, being the mayor, I can't just go write a check for something and fix something. Mm -hmm. I mean, the money has to be there. And the only way it can be there is if Keene has that tax dollar that we need to get in there. You can't keep raising property taxes to where nobody can afford to live there. 
you know, we have elderly people there. One of the things you find in real estate is, and the most heartbreaking is when an elderly person comes to you and says, Samantha, I've got to sell my home because I cannot afford to pay my taxes. A paid off home. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you're saying, oh my gosh. And this person is still able to live by themselves, you know, not have to have someone to take care of them. And yet they're having to sell their house because they can't afford the taxes. There's something wrong with that. Have you seen that all happen a lot? I've had, I've had it happen several times Hmm. since I've been in Keene and it's heartbreaking because, you know, me being a soft hearted person, I want to go fix it for them. Hmm. Well, you can't fix it. You know, it, it, it's because the processes in the city, it takes money to fix the roads. It takes money to fix the old plumbing. It takes money to fix the old gas lines. It takes money, you know, of course, that's Atmos. But we still have so many things that we need to do. And our streets right now, the way they're made, from what I understand, we would love to do something better with 4th Street, which is a main, mm-hmm. main street there. But if you dig it up to fix it, then you've got a whole bunch of, Pipes, sewer lines, and water lines and stuff that are going to come up. Yeah. So that's why it costs some millions of dollars to fix a street. It's not just a penny any little thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of a uh, uh, chronological step one thinker. You know, step one, you're wanting to fix, you want to change it to where property taxes aren't going up, that, you, that money and revenue can be self-sufficient really and keen. So step one, how do you do it? And then take me to step, you know, five or 10. Well, step one, we've got to get more retail business in there. We have got a wonderful Highway 67 corridor there. We need to attract more businesses in there because then one of the problems we have in Keene is that not always, the people don't always support the businesses in Keene. You know, they, they go somewhere else. And so that means that those people are there are struggling because they don't have the people coming in there. Well, if you put the grocery stores and the other retail out on the highway, Highway 67, then you're going to have the traffic going through that would be spending money there that the tax dollars would be coming into our coffers. And so to me, that makes more sense to work on that area, work on getting jobs in our industrial park, which is a big thing for me. Where is that, by the way, the industrial park? It's off of Highway 317 and 318 are both the ways that you get in there. And so off of like 67, uh, off of 67. Yes. Huh. Yes. Yes. I don't, I can't place it right now. I'm kind of out toward where we've got our new Louis Vuitton thing out there. Yeah. That's in our ETJ. <laughs> oh, I love those purses. <laughs> can't afford them, but they're nice. <laughs> but you know, and that was really interesting. You know, the reason they chose where they did was because of the wildlife and because they the thought wild, it would the wildlife? be, uh-huh. yeah, it was a, there was a lots of, different uh, wildlife out there. Really? Yeah. And they kept it. They, they kept it on the land there. They huh. wanted to have them there for creativity. What? I guess people can sit and make purses and luggage and stuff like that and watch the wildlife. That's cool. <laughs> I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. I thought that was pretty neat. That's, I, I never thought that'd actually be a factor when, when thinking if you're going to build a business. Well. That's cool. When you look at the price of their things, they better have something original, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. I, and of all places, like, I mean, Louis Vuitton, everybody knows Louis Vuitton. Yeah, yeah. But Keene, like, that's that's amazing. I, it was. Not a lot of people even in this area know about Keene. They typically know about Cleburne and Burleson. They don't really know much about Keene. Because when I was living in Keene, um, they say, where you live? I'm like, oh, Keene, where, where is that? There's a lot of that. There's I know. There's a lot of that. I know. 
I never knew where Keene was. Yeah, either yeah, did I. It's like, oh my gosh, and there's a university there. I know. You know? It's like, what, the top five in the nation for right. Venice universities or something? Right. It's and, pretty up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keene has a lot of stuff. And I have a complete list of about 12 points of interest for Keene. Do it. Well, I don't have it with me. Oh. I'm sorry. I should have remembered to bring that, but I didn't. I don't have it with me. But I give it to everybody that I'm doing business with on a commercial basis because, mm-hmm. and then also I give it to the people who purchase homes for me so that they have places to go. Mm. Um, our u- university has a good theater. We have, uh, you know, they have a theater. Well, you know, the university they have uh, different plays and stuff oh, like I didn't that. Know that, and they have a choir and. You know, yeah. and different things. And then we have, of course, our lake and our ducks yeah. and all that kind of <laughs> stuff that's good. But there are just a lot of things, you know, the. Will you get, if I get, if I go fishing in that, do you know if I'll get fined? Uh, I don't know of anybody <laughs> getting fined there, but I've seen people catch fish there. Okay. And, you know, I think they mostly put them back. Yeah. I don't, catch and release. I've never heard anybody say they ate one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shoot, I don't know. So I don't know if they would be edible or not. Well, or, you know, if they could, yeah. but. So, okay, so your, your point was, you know, put uh, the businesses out on 67 to where we get more of a revenue base coming back into what you say, the coffers. Right. Um, what else? What else is going to help you know, reduce property taxes as the main income stores? Well, the tax dollar is the main thing because, you know, and like I said, the student, a lot of the students that come there, they don't have cars. So we need a grocery store. They need to be able to walk to a grocery store to get an apple or a banana or whatever. And have jobs there. Do you have a spot where you'd put it? Well, it- there on, on 67, we have two different areas. Uh, we have on right there at college. We have one on the north side. We have one on the south side. Uh, Dan Griffin has several uh, places that he's already got uh, planned out for a commercial uh, situation there on the south side hmm. of college in 67. That's cool. And so uh, both he and I have been trying to get businesses in there. And um, grocery store is 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 a primary thing because once that comes in there, then we're getting eighty six new homes there. Hmm. We don't our grocery store is a dollar general yeah. or the family dollar. Well, that's not impressive to people who are going to come in there and buy a two hundred and fifty thousand, three hundred and fifty thousand dollar home. You know, they got to drive you know ten minutes over into Cleveland to get groceries or go into Alvarado yeah. or go to Burleson. Yeah, right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And so I think I think that getting the retail dollars in there is is really, hmm. really critical. And um, and that's going to help prevent raising of property taxes and those type of things. Well, yeah, because the taxes would go to fixing the streets and different things like that. And, you know, I mean, we've got a lot of things that we need to fix. But Keene is a wonderful place to live. It has so many positive things about it. And I just I want to stay. Keep, I want it to stay that way. I want it to keep the Christian base. I want it to be just the beautiful city that we all know it is and can be better, but just in a good way. I would hate to see it just explode and everything be put up everywhere and nobody and that, cares what kinda, it is. That's yeah. kind of my next question. Yeah, um, it, it seems like it has the potential to really explode if the right people, if not even the right people, if, if, uh, the people who are more commercial based mindset were thinking that way, I uh, know, but a lot of the constituents kind of like that small time feel. I know I did. I like the small time feel. So how do you as a potential you know, leader of the city as a, you know, mayor for candidacy, mm-hmm. um, how would you balance that? How would you balance wanting to grow it while also wanting to keep that small time feel? 
Well, that that's kind of a hard question because Keene doesn't have a lot of extra property. In other oh, really? words, Keene is small. And I thought it had like a lot of land and stuff that was maybe jumping into that arena. Not really inside the city limits oh, of Keene. Okay. Uh, you know, we have, uh, well, one part of our city is, um, you know, city limits of Keene, but we've got Alreda School District. And then we've got yeah. the other side that's uh, city of Keene, Cleburne. And then we've got the other end, which is the Spring Creek area, which is city of Keene, Joshua Schools. And so... Hmm. Uh, the commercial part's going to be the corridor there. It's going to be up and down, uh, 20, uh, you know, Old Betsy, 2280, mm-hmm. Farm Road 2280. Yeah. And so those are good places to build things. But if you want the maximum amount of traffic to hit those businesses, it needs to be on that corridor. And because then it is not totally dependent on Keene, uh, but once it's established and the stores are there and the, the, the citizens can see that these are good stores are going to stay uh, you know, and we get a grocery store, eventually they will start supporting it. Yeah. You know, I believe. But it doesn't need to, you know, first of all, you don't have a lot of land where you can't explode very, and that's what very I, yeah. much. Okay. That, but, I didn't know that. I thought, I thought Keene had a lot more land. It's interesting. And okay. so you do, you would have to be, and I think the city has things in place, you know, too, to make sure that the things that come in are things that the city needs. You know, um, so top three things for you are like if, you know, you're on a board and you're the mayor or whatever. And, you know, these there's a list and there's a, a list of 20 things that you have the potential to sign off on and everybody votes on. What are the top three things for you that you would love to see come in? A grocery store is probably number one. Well, grocery store would be number one. What would be number two? Well, would be retail. And it would be like, for instance, right now, if you wanted to buy someone a birthday present, you would go to the dollar store or you would go into Keene or Cleveland or somewhere like that. We need some good retail places. Okay, can I ask you a question on that mm-hmm. one? So with retail, um, a lot of Amazon has actually put out retail, like 60% of retail malls and JC Penney's are a moot point now. So how, how do you correlate that with your development? Well, and you've got to realize too, that Keene has a lot of elderly people there. Yeah. And a lot of them don't get on the Internet. (laughs) They don't they don't get on Facebook. They don't get on Amazon. They don't do that. I barely order from Amazon myself. Mm. (laughs) I do like to support small business. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, As much as much I can. Right. Exactly. And and we have some nice little little restaurants, tea Mm -hmm. houses, coffee houses and stuff like that. Yeah, that coffee shop. Yeah. yeah. I love those people there. Now I'm keen. And so, you know, those are the things we need to, you know, patronize and, um, why don't y'all do like a open mic night or something out there? I mean, you have a college there, so why don't you incorporate some sort of like fun little live event every so often? Well, you know, we have a new uh, Chamber of Commerce president, oh. uh, Dean Waterman. And um, one of the things he's going to start doing, I believe, is getting the chamber to have some after hours networking things mm. going for businesses and stuff. And so maybe things like that could be added to it. Because I know, you know. Um, from from my perspective, that was thing a thing that was really lacking and keen for me. Because I'm a musician, yeah, I love playing music. Um, I would play at coffee shops all over the, all over the city, um, Burleson, Joshua, or not really Joshua, but Fort Worth. A big there's a big one in yeah, Fort Worth yeah. I used to play a lot. Um, and there's actually a, an artist uh, uh, that started at the coffee shop I played at in Fort Worth, and he he exploded, and he's in Hollywood now. Um, and it it just shows like whenever. 
you get something going, there's a lot of potential for, for even musicians to come to your city. So right. if you right. can get even those small events like a coffee shop or um, some other shop around the corner um, that can put on an open mic night and get somebody to do it, it could really draw people from outside your city, you know, and especially if you have that college right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I had one, uh, one person who is interested in trying to eventually find place there in in Keene and it was for opening a kind of like a a, a dinner rest a dinner restaurant a, mm. a nice dinner yeah. restaurant is uh is it 360 and, still there uh I believe they have they're just doing catering now oh, okay and and they have their food truck okay um but this person wanted to open this nice restaurant where mm. you could take a date, you know, mm. covered tables that kind of thing and music yeah and so that would be a good venue for you know someone like you, yeah. or other students who could play instruments. I mean, and, I mean, yeah, if you guys, yeah, if you guys had that in Keene, I know I would be coming because uh -huh. it's, it's there's nothing really around Keene. I mean, in Cleburne that does that because I live we live in Cleburne exactly. But if you if there was Keene and there was a really cool venue where you know me a lot of my friends could come and play music, man, like you that would be a little economic boost. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe would. not a whole lot, but well, and we are wanting more restaurants there because, but again, they can't stay in business if people don't patronize them. Yeah, and and uh, I believe Mayor Heinrich has said, uh, well, everybody's cooking in Keene; they're not going out to eat. Well, yeah. you know, that's basically true. Mm -hmm. And with COVID, everybody's been having <laughs> having to cook at home or order it you know, delivered or something like that right now. So it wouldn't be a good time to open a new restaurant mm. right away. But these are things you can plan for yeah. and these people can plan for. And, you know, King just has so many wonderful qualities about it. Yeah. And so for, so uh, one was grocery stores, two was retail. What would be your third one that you'd want to come in? Well, I think I think there needs to be some things that kids can do the students can do, mm. whether it be a bowling alley or, or just adding extra things that kids can do, whether they're, they're you know, little kids or medium sized kids or gra college graduates yeah. or whatever, you know, the, um, I just remember I'd love taking my, my kids to my grandkids, especially to some of the places where they can go in and play games, you know, good games and stuff. And they could have a, uh, something to eat and then they could just keep playing. You could sit there and watch them or play with them or whatever you wanted to do too. That was a nice thing, especially when the weather's bad. Mm -hmm. But then there's things that they need to be able to do. You know, it would be nice to have biking trails in Keene. It would be nice to have hiking trails in Keene. Uh, you know, with all the new homes coming in, if they put the sidewalks, which again, we need sidewalks. We need sidewalks all the way down 4th Street to the schools. I believe that is is really... Where I sit during the day, I see kids get barely missed by cars. They're walking down that street going to school or they're coming back from school. They've got backpacks on their back. They're not really listening for traffic or anything. Headphones. Yeah. And so it's it's scary. Hmm. It's scary to watch them walking down that street. That, and, uh, that school is kind of up there, isn't there? Isn't it academically in the nation? Yes. Keen, we have people that really... Uh, King has sought after schools. It has sought after schools, and and that's a good thing. So when people call and they want to buy a home, they say, "Well, we want our kids in those schools." Hmm. What what is the avenue for success in your opinion? That like why has King become a sought after academic school? 
Well, because of the teachers, because of the schools. Mm. Yeah. Um, Are you involved at all on how they do any of that? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Mm -mm. That's still, that's, that's really cool. It is. It is cool. And I, I've, I've talked, you know, to, and of course, some of the teachers are my friends. Mm-hmm. And so I've talked to some of them too. Some places, um, you know, and of course, there's the Seventh day Adventist schools, the private yeah. schools, yeah. you know, those, those are sought after as well. Yeah. So it, it's just a, it's just a nice, place to live yeah i know we, we lived there a few years before i moved out and uh i every time i go see my parents there I, my wife and i are always talking about how much we miss it yeah, yeah it's a lot of fun um so you have a lot of things that you want to do what is it going to take for you to do them if you become mayor because well, i mean if you don't have the support and you don't have the votes even if you say say you become mayor say you win the election mm-hmm. um what happens if you know there's there's not a whole lot of support for what you want to do well, so far from the people that I've talked to, mm-hmm. there would be support for almost any of that. Mm. The problem is the money. Um, you know, the city council, the way it is right now, I could work with them great. The new elected city council, whoever they are, I feel like I could work with them as well. Uh, the city council is the one that votes to approve or disapprove something. Mm. It, it's the, the mayor can recommend it. The mayor can have input, the, you know, that kind of thing. But the city, ma- city manager works basically at the will of the city council. Okay. And, and so you can't just go in there and say, well, I'm going to drain the swamp or I'm going to, uh, just, we're going to just go build this or whatever, uh, You know, you can't do it without the city council. Mm. And so the citizens should be talking to their council people, the ones from their district, so that they know exactly what they want. And and then maybe that council person can explain to them what we're going to have to do to get it, because I don't think people understand that you can't just, you know, property taxes is all that we have right now. We don't have now. I didn't know that we we have some retail taxes that we're getting right now. And from one of the last meetings I was at, our financial guy, Charles, said, you know, he's really happy because our retail tax is is higher than he thought it was going to be with this COVID going on. Hmm. Well, that's good, but it's still not enough to do everything that we need to do. You know, when when streets cost a million dollars to fix a street, where do you get a million dollars? Also, a lot of things affect whether we can get grants or not. They're not just like you can. Now, I know some grant writers, but grants aren't something that you can just say, well, we're going to go get this grant. You yeah. may get it. You may not get it. And yeah, other cities are applying well. for them at the same time. Yeah. And they've got to be written a certain way. You can't just go out and, and write your own little grant and send it off and say, hey, they're going to approve it. No, there's a certain way you ask for these grants to be granted and you follow through on them. Yeah. And so there, there is a lot more to it than just, you Voting know, together. And yeah. Approving yeah. Or not. You know, I yeah. have my vision and I have my dreams of what I would like to see Keen be like. Touch, touch on that real quick. Well, that's it. I, I want to see more retail. I want to see better streets. I want to see biking trails. I want to see hiking trails. I want to see sidewalks. I want to see everybody not nobody's going to be perfect and nobody's going to be 100 percent happy. But I want it to be a better quality of life. Have you and, ever thought about doing like a, uh, almost like a kayak float type of river thing out of, based out of that main, uh, body of water? 
No, I never uh, really thought about that. Because Burleson was trying to do that for a while. They're trying to connect all, because Burleson has a, a lot of different ponds and, and mm-hmm. kind of mini lakes, not as big as Keens Lake. Mm-hmm. Or, is, okay, is that a pond or a lake, by the way? Well, <laughs> <laughs> some people call it a lake, some people call it a pond. The keen body of water. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, so, so Burleson had a I lot think of those. Lake sounds better. I, I, I'll go with that. <laughs> Little mini um, lake. Yeah. So Burleson was trying to connect all of them with kayaks where you could do a, mm-hmm. a route around the city. In the kayak. So, I mean, there's a lot of really cool p- potential for the Keen Lake. In my opinion, I, w- I would love to see like a small, you know, river that you could do a lap around, almost like a lazy river, mm-hmm. you know, like Whitewater or uh, whatever that other place is called. Um, and you just take your kayak and do circles. Yeah. Like, that'd be that'd be really cool. I know, again, it takes money. Right, it does. But that, that's a it thing does. that really would draw people back to the city. It you would. Because it's very unique. It's niche, almost. Yeah, you, you, yeah. It, it would be something that would be good. You know, it, it. there's so many things that you could think of, but Keene has some, well, there's just some differences in Keene mm-hmm. than in some of the other cities. And one of them is that tax revenue. Mm-hmm. It's a must. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, um, I've been there 15 years. Um, we have a city manager right now that's the best we've ever had mm. since I've been there in 15 years. And he's very conscientious about keeping everything in the budget, you know, keeping our budget low so that we're not overspending and we're not, you know, stressing ourselves or stretching ourselves out there. But again, it's going to take getting that revenue up for Keene. Uh I don't know how quick it can happen because it takes it takes a while. Yeah. You know, no matter who gets the mayor, it's going to it's going to take time. Yeah. It it just is. But I think that if we focus on those things rather than the negative things and we try to get in there and get all the positive things that our citizens want and try to be positive about our city, we'll get more people in there, we'll get more businesses in there, we'll we'll It'll just make a big difference. So you kind of touched on an interesting point with uh, negativity. You know, negativity is like one of the easiest uh, bonds to make with somebody. You know, whenever you're meeting somebody new, negativity is a lot easier to make. Like, if, So if you're gossiping about somebody or if you're um, really dislike, you know, this person or this city mm-hmm. council member, you know, that relationship is automatically formed with that person just based on the negativity of it. Yeah. Um, so how do you navigate negativity and conflict? Because a lot of that happens with politics. Oh, it does. You know, and like you said before, you're a bit, you're a business owner, uh, you're a real estate broker now. Um, managing conflict is, is a lost art. And we call yes. them the keyboard warriors on mm-hmm. Facebook mm-hmm. or social media. Oh, Social media is the worst thing. I, I hate texting because of autocorrect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one time I was, I, I was complimenting these people. Well, thank you for your hospitality. And it said hostility. <laughs> well, I hit the button and it went off. And, and I, I called them. I said, oh, please. I didn't mean hostility. It was, it was hospitality. Last time we have her over. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know. That's so, funny. And, and so even on, even on Facebook and those medias and stuff, sometimes I really don't like it. Because you don't have that personal touch. Mm-hmm. You can't see that person's face. You can't see what they're really meaning. It, it comes across harsh or it comes across bad or it comes across some other way, some way you didn't even mean it. But how do you connect with those people? Because that is an entire generation, entire oh, age group, enti- you know? Oh, yes, it and, is. And that's me. That's my age group. Well, some of these are not your age group. But but I'm just saying that, that you have these people, some of them, you know, negativity. It's kind of like people 
driving by a car wreck. They slow down so they can see how bad it is. Okay? They pay attention to it. Well, Facebook is kind of like that. The worse it is, the more people jump in on it. Mm-hmm. And Keen, for instance, I had a grocery store that was going to come into Keen. And people now do not realize it, but businesses that are coming to a place will go onto Facebook and look and see how the citizens are, what they're talking about, what their concerns are, where they shop, what they do, how they compliment, whatever. And the grocery store, they were, they were because they knew we needed one and it was kind of in the plans at the time for us to try to get one. Mm-hmm. And people were saying, well, you know, we don't want to go there. Or even if we got that store and they did not sell beer and wine, then we wouldn't go there anyway. And so that store just dropped it immediately. They said, why would we want to go there and have those headaches when we can put our store somewhere else where people want us? Mm. And so just comments like that yeah. will, will <clears throat> affect people in business. So I think I was researching a lot um, ever since I, I interviewed uh, Mr. Heinrich and now you. I've been kind of listening to exactly what you're talking about. I did that a lot today. I did that a lot yesterday, kind of hearing what people are saying, what the, the city is kind of at with all this. Um, and it seems like a hot button issue is the alcohol. Well, here, here's you'll hear people say, oh, well, liquor store. Liquor and beer and wine are categorized as two different things. Beer and wine is not liquor. Mm-hmm. A liquor store sells liquor, hard liquor. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody ever wanted that in Keene. And if the citizens don't want beer and wine, that's okay. And that's right. That's fine. It's yeah. whatever the citizens want. But they also need to realize that grocery stores, that is a part of their uh, income. And that the beer and wine, if it was out on the 67 corridor and it got a grocery store in there, they would be making more tax dollars keen. Mm -hmm. But the groceries are what sells. Mm -hmm. And so they would need both of those income sources to make it worthwhile for them to come in and build a million-dollar building. So what you're saying is is kind of look at the big picture. Yeah. But again— it's not on the ballot now. It may never, ever get on the ballot again oh, really? for Keene. I don't know that. But I'm just saying that, that that was one of the reasons why it was tried a few years ago. Uh, well, back in eight, 2018. Okay. And and it was said that I was the ringleader that started that. Well, I wasn't. I did hand out the flyers. <laughs> that and started I, the ballot? And, but, yeah. Well, that oh. started the thing. Oh, and, I didn't know that. And, but I wasn't, uh, oh, you know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I might could have run it better, but anyway, I'm just saying that, that no, I wasn't the one that did it, you know, and because I was really working hard in my business. I mean, I've been a multi-million dollar producer in real estate since, golly, for, I can't remember, 10, 15 years. Uh, well, yeah. 15 years, 20 years, yeah. because before, way before I even came here. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you don't get that just sitting behind your desk doing nothing. And, and so... So you're a really go-getter. Uh, well, yeah. 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 Okay. I, I've, you know, just always been that way. Um, if if I need to get something done, I'm going to get it done. And it's just like, you know, I'm going to fight for what's right. And, and some of my friends say, well, I like the fact that you're very direct. We always know where you stand. Yeah. And I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a big girl. So if I make a mistake, I'm going to say, hey, sorry, I made a mistake. 
I'll own it. And that and that's you know? that's the thing that a lot of people like to jump on, unfortunately. Yeah. Which show that's a that's a good thing about your character. Like your character says, Hey, when I do make a mistake, I will own it. But in politics, that's a sticky well, situation. Well, and again, uh who in politics does not make a mistake? Yeah. And who what human being on the face of this earth does not make a mistake? Mm. And God forgives us of our sins. But don't you think he's going to forgive you for a mistake? Mm. Good grief. Yeah. You know, um, I have my, I have my uh, papers graded all the time and that's okay. <laughs> okay. So what, so you're very direct with somebody. What happens whenever there's um, uh, going back to conflict? Um, what kind of strategy do you use whenever somebody comes to you and really disagrees with something you say? How do you navigate that situation with being so direct? Cause that's how I am. I'm a, I'm a guy who's like, Really, you're just being dumb. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I've realized you can get further with people, you know, with being honey, nice. uh -huh. honey than vinegar or yeah. whatever that is. Vinegar. Yeah, you can. It depends on the situation. Okay. So, um, like for instance, let's say, um, let's say somebody higher up in the in the city. I don't even know who that would be. Came to you and said, "Hey, your resolution on this topic of wanting to add sidewalks is not going to happen because of um, your." strategy on getting income is also a bad idea. How do you, and they're very like, they're not just like, Hey, this isn't a good idea. It's a, Hey, you're, you're being dumb. What, yeah, yeah. How do you kind of, what's your strategy for re resolving that situation? Well, here is, here is my idea on that. If someone comes to you and they have, and, and they're cutting down the idea that you have, and that, that you really feel strongly about, mm -hmm. which I do about the streets and stuff. I mean, you can't watch the kids walking down through there and not feel like they need sidewalks or whatever. I would say to that person, okay, you don't agree with the way I want it done or the way I see it needs to be or the vision that we have for the city. You give me your solution to it. Hmm. You tell me what you think and how you think it needs to be done. If it's a better idea than mine, hey, let's go for it. If you can get it done cheaper than me, let's go for it. <laughs> yeah. If you know where to get the money, let's go for it. Hmm. You know, because I try to, to analyze is not really a, a good word, but it's the only one that fits here. I try to analyze everything I do in business, you know, because again, you've got to be able to make your, your, your bills. You've got to be able to take care of of that and your employees and your people. For instance, the way you keep employees is because you give them the benefits so they can take care of their families. People don't work just because they love to work. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love my job, but I don't love it enough that I want to do it till I'm in the <laughs> six feet under. But, but again, <laughs> if you have a family, you're going to work at a job where you can make money, mm -hmm. but you also want to have the benefits to take care of your family. Yeah. Well, if the city's not going to give you those benefits, you're going to find a city who will. If your police and firemen don't have the tools they need to do their jobs and they don't have they don't have a chance to get more training. They don't have uh, tools. They you know, yeah. you've got to take care of your people. That's what makes your city. Your citizens are part or the main part of the, the city, but the citizens need those people. They need someone to run the city and look out after it and take care of it. We've got good people in there right now. We've got a wonderful fire chief. We've got a wonderful police chief. We've got a wonderful city manager. We've got a great mayor. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I'm not um, running 
for mayor because I want to get rid of Heinrich. I'm running for mayor because I think I can do a really good job. Mm-hmm. He's done a great job. You know, he, he, he's done a great job. A lot of things have been accomplished. And a lot of things have been accomplished because he also backs our city manager. Mm-hmm. And he can work with the city council. He can work with our city manager. I believe I can do the same thing. But I have a little bit newer vision from uh, my yeah. point of view, you know. But again, uh, it's just that Keene needs so much. Mm-hmm. But it also needs so much to even stay the way it is. Because if this infrastructure just goes completely kaput, there's going to be a bunch of people that are not going to have sewer, plumbing, whatever. You know, you've got to take care of those things. You do have you, to. Do you think it would actually ever get that bad? Well, no. But I've had a hole in my front yard for a while, you know, mm. where where there's, there's a water line that mm. is not mine. And it's not my neighbor's, but it's leaking. And so it, it, it's a big hole. And We've had the city out to look at it. We've, you know, and again, that's one of the things where they do come out and look at it. They do try to do something about it. Mm. We also had some people objecting to the fact that we're trying to get a new new person in Keene for <clears throat> to, to take care of nothing but just the streets. Well, if you have to pull people off from your uh, your water lines, taking care of your water lines and stuff like that to go work on the streets, something's missing here. Hmm. And so if you get someone that that's their job is just the streets, they're going to be able to keep up with that better. So are there a lot of people who wear a lot of different hats? Well, right now there are. Hmm. But that's why why this city manager and mayor and the the council are trying to get this one person uh, that can more or less. And and I really don't know what his title is going to be yet. But let's say a supervisor uh, of a, a street crew. Well, that means that they can be working on those streets while our our uh, water department can mm, be working on yeah. on the other stuff. And those are the kinds of things that need to be arranged and worked with and set up to where the city can run more smoothly hmm. and not have people waiting to have something done. Mm. Yeah, Keene is a, I don't even know how to explain it. I loved living there. It, yeah. it was so unique. And I like that um, these questions are coming to the table. Um, that, you know, I don't even live there anymore. I mean, my vote doesn't count. <laughs> Your vote doesn't count. <laughs> but I'm curious. You've been holding these pieces of paper our entire uh, talk time here. So tell me what you got on these pieces of paper here. Well, you know, it's like trying to figure out what... what uh, I believe that the city budget, you know, for one thing, that that, that needs to be uh, adhered to mm. as best as you can. Uh, I think that projecting and and getting a, a reserve fund set up to where you've got things in case of emergency. So but it's, a, it's also, a city emergency fund. Uh, emergency fund, oh, okay. yeah. Uh, and to start looking at more grants and stuff like that. I know that there are time frames between grants. Uh, there's certain times you can get them, and there's if you get one, you have to wait a certain period of time before you can get another one. So there's all kinds of things <clears throat> to have to look at there uh, about that, you know, and. Do you know if this might be a completely like no, no big no, no. I don't have no idea. But a lot of people, you know, they, they use investments like mutual funds and um, those type of stocks and bonds, mainly mutual funds. Um, and they live off the off of the the dividends pretty much. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you have $100 and it makes 12%, there you go. You, you live off that 12% or whatever. Uh, or not live off it, but it, it goes into your account. Are cities allowed to do that? 
Are cities allowed to use in, uh, investments into mutual funds and then use it as a passive income flow? Well, now, I don't know exactly about that. I do know that that there are some kind of investments that the city does, and they were going over those in this last budget. Okay. And I did not get that complete copy. But you don't know, like, specifically the mutual funds? No, I don't know specifically if it was those or not. But I I do know that they're watching it very carefully. They had a gentleman come in to explain all of that to the city council, and it was on on the, the new budget. Okay. Huh. So that will be interesting to get a yeah, copy of that and see that, you know, like there's a, a, you know, zoning code book that's that thick that, you know, got to read. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, zoning codes. Yeah. What else you got on that list? Well, things that you like on about Keen or th- key points you wanted to touch on. Well, it's just mostly, um, we need the community involvement in a lot of things. Uh, you know, like, for instance, uh, we do need that animal shelter. We do need that back working. Mm. Uh, oh, is it closed? Uh, well, they can keep an animal there just so long. Yeah. But but there's a lot of them. And if they're not being vicious or something like that, they really can't go pick them up because they don't have a place to keep yeah, them. Yeah, I lost my dog and went there. Yeah, yeah. And so that's something that I know that most of the citizens want. And I want that myself. I have two little dogs. And if they ever got out, I sure wouldn't want them run over or someone to take them or whatever. I'd I'd rather somebody pick them up and take them where I can call and say, Hey, do you have my dog? Mm -hmm. You know, so citizen involvement. Well, citizen involvement right now, we're right now we don't have the funds to rebuild the shelter and stuff and put money into it. Okay. We do, you know, we have Christmas in action and we have different other organizations that get together and go build a house or fix a house. Why can't we get a few of the citizens together that have that kind of experience and go and rebuild this shelter hmm. or, or fix it to where at least we can house the dogs there uh, in a sanitary good place and then maybe work toward getting enough money together to pay for an employee to be there, hmm. you know, um, because it needs a full time employee. And so those are just things that that in my idea, we do need to do that. Hmm. Um, we need to have. Another idea is that we need to have a food court down by where we have the the park where they, you know, play basketball yeah. all the time and a hiking trail time and all that. Yeah. Uh, food court to where if you go down there and now they built a pavilion. So if, yeah, if a that. family goes down there and has a big get together, you know, or or school does or whatever, the food trucks could be there. They could have meals. You know, they know that they're coming at this time. We'll bring your food courts, you know, mm. your your food trucks. But there might also be a little section somewhere along there that could be just for food trucks. Mm. And so who knows? There's a lot to it that you could yeah, possibly do. Yeah, there is. I mean, there's just so many things that you think of that could help the citizens. And, and I, for one knew several of the students there at the university that, you know, they had to go all the way to Burleson to work and they had to ride with a friend that was going up there for work. Well, if the friend didn't go to work that day, they couldn't get to work. Yeah. I used to work in Arlington from Keene. Right, right. And so, well, you know, the, you know how it is then, oh, yeah. you know, Big and, time. and so to me getting a grocery store down on 67 or getting retail down there, those are jobs for, for the students too, or, or jobs for our citizens. Yeah. That don't want to travel that far. And it seems like being such a huge key point, the university being such a huge key point to the city, seems like more um, focus should be on those people there because it could be such a huge, huge economic boom for the city if more 
um, resources were there for the, for the kids. Uh, granted, you know, now you're a student and you don't really make a whole lot of money, um, but it's still it's a huge point in the city, you know. And if if there was more things to do and that could help stimulate the economy that was based around the university, maybe it could help some of these things you're talking about. Well, I had I had six grandkids to go to college. Did they all go there? No. I had two of them checked on it, and, and it was so expensive yeah, that I they couldn't. I checked on it, too. They couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so I'm saying that if nothing else, if we got uh, jobs there, retail, restaurants, hotel, uh, those kinds of things that we need in Keene and, and eventually some more apartment buildings, then the students would have jobs. They would have places to go eat. They would have place, you know, things to do, and it would bring more students into the university. Mm. You know, so to me, it's 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 all combined. It's all it's all connected. Mm. You know, you know, you get, and and the the one thing is we need is we need to make sure we protect our citizens, that we get them the things that they need to have a good life, and then you know, you can't correct everything, but you can start out working toward you know the safety. And not defunding police. Um, that was actually a question I was going to ask. Oh, that would be the absolute <laughs> worst thing. Um, you know, it, it. I have military in the family. I have law enforcement people in the family. And I can tell you right now when, and there are bad people in everything, every profession. I don't care what it is. Yeah. But when you get somebody that gets up and puts on a uniform and puts on a gun and goes working out that door and you don't know whether they're going to come back or not. And, and their, their main goal is to get out there and protect these, these people, these citizens, their family is there. They go out to protect these other people and their family is there. Well, they're trying to protect everybody, but if their family has an emergency and they're helping another family, they don't have anybody to help them. Mm-hmm. So people don't think about those things. Mm-hmm. I admire police wives or police husbands, whichever they are, uh, immensely because I know what they go through. I know mm-hmm. what they go through. My two sons' father was a state policeman in New Mexico. We were in very isolated areas sometimes, and he was the only law enforcement person there. Oh, my. Well, when he left, if he didn't call for six hours or so, I didn't know if he was dead or not. I had to wait till he called me because I was his dispatcher. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And so. So you've kind of seen that other side of. uh, I've I've seen it all. (laughs) (laughs) When you get to be my age, you've pretty much seen a bunch. (laughs) But, you know, and and, and again, these are things that, you know. Um, people just don't think about, mm-hmm. you know. Would you do it, anything different with COVID? With COVID? Mm-hmm. You know, to me, it, it kind of a loaded question because okay. I wear the mask when I go out in public, not because of, because I don't want, if, if I sneeze or I cough or whatever, and I don't know I have it, I would give it to somebody else. Oh, I, I wasn't even and, saying for, like, I was saying yeah, as a mayor. As a mayor, but that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. You know, you, you, you make rules, and, and people don't understand that the rule wasn't, well, you, you just got to wear it. You know, it's, we're going to infringe on or not be convenient for you, but this is what you do. And it was until they knew exactly what was going on with this COVID 
and how to take care of it and how to handle it and who was going to die and who was going to get better and all that kind of stuff. There needed to be some rules, just like with anything else. We shouldn't have had such a panic like we had. So I guess in saying that, that I would go by what the state said, what the county said, look at what everybody else is doing. And Mm. the best way to protect our citizens is what we've got to do. Mm. You know, I know it seems like a lot of uh, like Cleburne, they, for the most part, left it up to the businesses for the most part. They didn't enforce it strictly, but like HB, you know, they chose to do it. But there are other some businesses who don't really care. There's a coffee shop that I went to and there's no sign that says you have to wear a mask. And so they're legally allowed to let that happen. Yeah. So is that kind of what you're saying? Well, or would you go a little further? I, 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 well, it's just like going into a restaurant. You know, you wear your mask, you go in, you go in, and, and then you take it off to sit down there and eat. Well, you can't eat with your mask on. So if you're going to go in the restaurant, you've got to take it off. <laughs> but yes, I, I understand why you do it because when you walk yeah. in, you're passing people. And, and you're, and believe me, <clears throat> um, I have been exposed now twice. Oh, I had it. And, and, oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, then you know what a lot of people are talking about. No, it definitely, you know, it definitely it, it's definitely real. Mm-hmm. Well, I've, I've been exposed twice and had my COVID test done. Matter of fact, I've had three done and, and they all came back negative. But the biggest reason I did it is because my oldest son has cancer. He has, mm-hmm. he lost a kidney to cancer. Then he had it in his lung. They took a piece of his lung. Then he got brain cancer. And now he's got it in his lung again. They took another piece of his lung. Don't know how he's going to do, but I can't be near him if I don't wear the mask. Mm-hmm. I can't even go to the hospital when he has his surgeries and stuff. So it's very grueling. And so, you know, you, you, you want to protect your citizens the best that you can. But so, again. So how do you, how do you, like, there's, there are people, and I don't know how keen is. I'm just looking at uh, citizens from across the DFW area on, on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the, the kind of two extremes, right? Mm-hmm. You have the, the, the population that says it's COVID is a hoax that, um, there's no really, really reason to wear a mask because it doesn't really do anything for you. Your infection could actually be increased. And then we have the people who, um, are still in their house for the past eight months. Yeah. So how do you, you're, you're, you're saying that the panic w- was kind of a lot for a lot of people. And that's kind of how we got a lot of the anger and anxiety we have today. I don't know how it was. And in no Keene. tissue paper and no paper towels. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it was, how it was like in Keene. I honestly don't know, but um, you're saying misinformation and lack of information and lack of transparency. Exactly. So how would you fix that? Well, how would you kind of bridge those two groups? Well, first of all, uh, you know, it, you, you can't sometimes, sometimes mm-hmm. it's just impossible to make someone believe something that they're not going to. We live in redneck communities, you know, sometimes. And and there are people say, I'm not wearing that mask. I don't care what they tell me I have to do. Well, that's your choice. But I don't have to walk over near you. Mm. I'll I'll keep my six-foot distance, you know. Uh, But I think that if people understood that I wear my mask to protect you, you need to wear yours to protect me as long as we're together, too close. I think that if you're six foot away, why should you have it on, you know? Uh, but they're finding out new things about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Even that Dr. Fucci. One time he said we needed to wear it. The next time he said we didn't. To me now, it's just, it, it doesn't bother me to put it on. 
yeah. for a few minutes, you know, or whatever. But I have actually had people come up and say, what are you wearing that stupid thing for? You know, you're not. I said, well, actually, I'm wearing it for you. Mm. You know, it seems like especially um, in your position, uh, running from marriage, safe than sorry is kind of the best bet. Yeah. You know, well, and that's not even talking about your son or who no, you could no, possibly no. affect. Well, everybody, you know, there's a lot of people who have, have, have low immune systems. Mm. Some of the elderly people. Myself, I had cancer in 1989. Well, congratulations so, for being there. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, a survivor. <laughs> yeah, it is. And so, you know, doing that and realizing my immune system is very, very low, I need to be especially careful. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate when somebody respects me, even though they don't know that I had cancer in 89. Mm-hmm. They don't know that I have asthma. You know, so because typically you're you're immune immune <coughs> compromised even after you beat cancer. I mean, well, that's, right, that's kind of a big deal. Well, when you get six months of aggressive chemotherapy because they told you you had six months to live, yeah, it's shot. You know, it's shot, and and you you do the best you can. Mm. Uh, but and even I, back then, it was a lot different than it is today because oh, now we just do it in clusters. That's kind of the the thing, right. the strategy they're using. Then it was like your whole body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're zapping your whole body with chemo. Yeah, yeah. And that affects your entire life moving forward. Right, it does. So it, it gives me a better perspective and it's kind of seeing where you're coming from on these other things. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, I have, not funny, but uh, beginning of November, I think actually November either 1st or 3rd, I can't remember. Um, the medical director for Fort Worth and MedStar. I used to work with him uh, at the hospital I used to work mm-hmm. at. And he's going to come on the podcast and talk about uh, COVID and a lot of these these issues mm-hmm. of bridging that mm-hmm. gap. So it's really, it's kind of cool to hear um, you as a potential mayor kind of s- describe your strategies from both groups. Mm-hmm. And it sound, I mean, it sounds like a good good plan to me. Well, I just I just say, you know, you 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 have to respect how they're feeling because you don't know why they're feeling the way they do. And, and it's just like me, I'm willing to wear the mask when I need to. Uh, it doesn't offend me to do that. I don't feel like the government is trying to control me or control my breathing or whatever. Uh, you so know, you, you wouldn't get super strict and, and, um, and force it a whole lot. You would just make sure people would do it. Is that well, what you're saying? Well, I'm saying that if, if, it was, if it was needed that we had, because people get real close in those city council meetings and mm-hmm. in the other meetings and stuff like that. Yes, I would say, let's wear the masks. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't talk when you get up to the microphone, pull it off. But talk. what about the citizens? Well, I'm just saying the citizens are sitting there. If you're sitting there and you're not six feet apart, gotcha. you need to have the mask on. If you're six feet apart, don't worry about it. Gotcha. But, um, and again, it's out of respect for other people. Yeah. No, it, I agree. It, it, it's not, it's not to make you do something. It's out of respect for the other people. And if I'm going to respect those people and I'm not going to curse in front of them and I'm not going to smoke in front of them and I'm not going to drink in front of them, which I don't do any of those anyway. <laughs> but if I wasn't going to do all those things out of respect, I wouldn't do that. And, and so, you know, to me, it's being respectful uh, of people and, and, you know, and also in doing that, you have to be careful and you have to be protecting the other people as well Mm. like the other employees and stuff that are there at the city hall and stuff like that Mm. if they're buying glass they probably don't have a mask on but if they're out there talking to you out in the lobby or something they need it on you need it on Mm. okay you know it's good to know um how has it been running for mayor think of the the actual campaign run has it been grueling or uh you know it's been kind of um boy it's been very eye-opening Really? Yes. Like what? I certainly understand what Trump's going through. <laughs> you know. Do you get a lot of smearing? Uh, you get a lot of smearing. You yeah. get a lot of stuff that's not true. You cannot defend yourself. If you do, it's she doth protest too much. Mm. If if you 
if you just let it lay, then people are going to believe it. And if you say anything, they're going to believe it. And then they're going to call you a, well, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, you know, you, and they don't know you, Mm. they don't know you. And this is why I don't like texting and I don't like Facebook and I don't like those places because what you're trying to get across doesn't come across the way you mean it. If you, if, if you are sitting talking to someone, you know whether they're being bad mm-hmm. or whether they whether they're being sincere or whether they're not. Mm. You know, and that's the one thing I miss is people we just don't have well because of COVID now, but even that it, it's been, you know, in Keene, you get to know your neighbors and stuff like that. But in a lot of the cities, you don't even ever know your neighbors. Yeah. They could be dead for two weeks and you wouldn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's kind of, I, I know both, when we first moved in, I met both of our neighbors. So I wanted to know who's going to be living next door to me, you mm-hmm. know? that's Exactly. That, knowing your neighbors, knowing the people around you, knowing the community around you yeah. is a lost art. And so before we even bought, we even bought the house, I, I saw Steve is, is our neighbor over here. And uh, I saw him out there and say, hey man, just tell me about the place. You know, who are you? Like, and he was super nice. And, mm-hmm. you know, because we knew our neighbors immediately, um, it had like a face-to-face conversation, not a text, not anything like that. Um, that was a big factor for us even moving here. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, again, lost art. Yeah. So well, uh, you know, and again, in, in Keene, it's like I walk into a place. I see people, you know, from church, uh, you know, and and then other people from the other businesses and stuff like that. And you see them and you think, wow, I know who that person is. And it's because I moved down here from Dallas. Mm-hmm. And so. Up there, you didn't know hardly anyone yeah. that was in your area there. It, you knew your people from church or you knew, you know, your family and their friends and stuff like that. But you didn't really get to know the people around you. Mm. And Keen is wonderful for mm. that. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> you know, it, it's like, hey, it's one big family. That's we, all of, need, we all need to treat each other better. That's kind of, yeah, exactly. That's kind of why I liked, uh, wanted you to come on the podcast because, you know, I think getting to know your candidates, you know, I mean... Uh, I'm I'm fairly new at this. I've only, I'm only a few episodes into this podcast show, having a blast doing it, learning a lot. I already get some, you know, interview, uh-huh. you know, mayor candidates and current mayors and a lot of just really cool people. Um, and and having these type of conversations doesn't happen a lot. No, it doesn't. Because the conversations are now on social media and texting. That's, I gosh, I would love to see the statistic for uh, where the majority of conversation happens now. Because we it's probably... Honestly, on on the type typewriter on oh, the keyboard on the keyboard. <laughs> I said typewriter <laughs> on the keyboard. Yeah, what well, I'm saying we're six foot apart, so oh, yeah. so yeah. we can talk. Oh yeah, but yeah, you know, and it's like uh, you and your beautiful little family here. You know, I mean, who would have thought? Yeah, you know, um, it's just I'm amazed. I'm amazed sometimes that I was laughing. You know, we're getting a lot of the Trump signs stolen out of my yard, <laughs> and <laughs> and so. One night, and I finally got a camera up, and so the raccoon that comes around. Well, well, right, you know, they they wouldn't haul them off, but anyway, and so that this one uh, lady came down. It was after midnight, and 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 I believe she was in her nightgown because you see the wind blowing. It was very thin, and she took my pole out of the ground on my Trump train flag. And she laid it down the ground, she took her scissors that she brought with her oh and cut gosh. my flag off. So it's probably a neighbor. Uh-huh. Well, somebody down the road. Anyway, and then That's and funny. then she picked up that pole, which I couldn't lift, and put it back in the ground and walked off just like, 
Oh my She was gosh. meant to do that. And I watched the whole thing on the camera and I'm thinking. <laughs> oh my video. Lord. That was the funniest thing I ever saw. I kind of want to put a, a Trump sign and a Biden sign in my, in my front yard just to see what'll happen. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I said, well, I went over to one of my friends and, and I was kind of laughing, uh, uh, because they were stealing the Trump signs. And I said, my gosh, my sign was right there beside that. And they didn't take mine. I guess they didn't think I was worth taking. <laughs> well, hopefully people can actually understand where you're coming from now on this podcast with a lot of just your policies and um, get to know you a little bit more. I know I've gotten to know you a lot better. And that's, yeah. that's honestly, I don't know if people know this. Like this is our first conversation, you know, yeah, I no. called you today and it's like, Hey, you know, you want to come on the podcast? You're like, yeah, let's go. And that well, was about it. And that's just it. People don't know you. You know, they don't get to know you. And on Facebook, you know, I've made some <sighs> boners on there. But <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things where you, you you know, you want to try to to say what you mean and it doesn't come across right. And so to me, it's not the way to get your points across. You hope that something like this will help and that they will know you are a decent human being and that you're not out to get anybody and that you're you really have the, the, the city's best interest at heart. I do because I live there. My business is there. Mm -hmm. Why would I want anything bad to happen to the city? You like shooting yourself in the foot? Yeah. Why would well, you want to do this that? Is a, this is a question I asked uh, Mr. Heinrich. Um, if you ever get to a point where the power is kind of to your head, whether you win or not, um, you, I mean, you're successful. You, you're a successful real estate broker. Um, you're like you were saying earlier, you've done multi-million dollar deals, uh, sales, um, been to Hawaii, done a lot of stuff in Hawaii. Um, how do you uh, process and recognize when your head's getting a little too big? Because that happens a lot in politics, a lot in that when you're kind of the head honcho of everything. So how do you kind of process that? I know it's kind of a weird question. Well, it is. but And, and I would hope uh, that... I've been in positions to where highly thought of positions and I've been a model. Uh, I, oh. I, I've done a lot of stuff. And, and to me, being mayor is not a power trip because the council's the power. I just want to be able to get my ideas across and see if some way they can work and some way if the council agrees with it, that we can make things happen. Hmm. But it's the citizens, the council, the mayor, and the city manager that are going to make things happen all together. No one person is going to be able to do that. Uh, I want to represent Keene in the best possible light. I, I don't want people thinking bad of Keene. I don't want the bickering and the negativity and all that kind of stuff. I don't like that. Um, and so I guess... Yeah, I would be honored to be the mayor. But to think I'm some big thing because I'm mayor of Keene, no. Mm. Uh, I would think I, I would be a good representative of Keene. Mm. And I would do my very best to be the best mayor that I could be. Not only because I'm going to be a mayor if I'm elected, but because I'm also the first woman. Oh, that's true. And so yeah. if I'm the first woman there, do you not think I want to do the very best mm. I can? Yeah. Hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've never not done the best I could do in any job I've had. 
with whatever I've had. Do you ever have, uh, do you have something in your, like something that's always bites at your heel that keeps you humble? Because oh. <laughs> yeah. I know I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that those type of things are really what help oh, yeah. keep perspective. Well, because you see what happens to people at the top. Mm, exactly. And that's why I asked the question. Yeah. Because a lot of, a lot of cities have gotten to that point where their elected leaders are really not for the people anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They're really about well, what they want to do. Hey, if, if those people aren't happy, you know, or they say if, if uh, what it, the saying used to be about the wife, if my wife ain't happy, there ain't nobody happy. <laughs> But you know, Congress but, is, is a big one. You right. Know, there's no term limits. There's just continual <laughs> cycles of these people. Well, there are term limits in the city government. Hmm. Now, you can, I guess you can be reelected. Re but there's no stopping but, being yeah, reelected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, nobody could sit up there for 47 years and <laughs> do nothing, you know. And, and, but, but one of the problems with, with term limits sometimes and I'm not saying I would not want them because I do. I want term limits. But mm. but one of the problems with it is you get a group that's so good and they're they're getting things done and they're getting them done as fast as the city can possibly get them done co- according to the budget and all that kind of stuff. And then somebody else is elected that doesn't necessarily want those things. And I know Keenan's had a master plan that's need to be put in total force for the longest time. Well, the 15 years that I've been there was a master plan at well, master plan for the city, you know, how they want, how I want, they want it structured oh, okay. at, you know, like at one time they wanted college street there to be a commercial street going down the front of the college, which would have been a great idea, but there's a lot of residences there mm. <laughs> who probably don't want to lose their homes, you know, but, but there's things that, that the whole group can get together and, and kind of make happen. And so yeah. You're just not, that one person is just not going to do it all. Yeah. They can't do it all. So you really have to have a team player mindset. You do. It has and to be you, a team. Do you feel like you have that? Well, I feel like the the team that's there right now is a very good team. And, and, if, and, and I hope all, and I hope that I could go in there and work with every one of them. I feel like I could. And I hope they feel the same thing. It, the new people going in there, I feel the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that any one of them that would go in there, they're all... Decent people who it's not a paid position. It's volunteer. What is? All of these positions. Mayor? Yeah. Mayor. You get $50, uh, I believe, and $10 a meeting. That's it. Hmm. It's not a paid position. So. Do you, you know, get like uh, incentives or anything like that? No, you don't. What? You don't. Uh-uh. I didn't know this. No, you don't. Huh. Well, now maybe in bigger cities they do, but what I'm saying is in, in small Keene. cities like King, no, you don't. It's a, it's a volunteer type thing. So, so you're, you're st- volunteering to get your head bashed in every day. <laughs> <laughs> so you're still going to be doing all your real estate stuff. Well, yeah, that's oh, okay. my full-time job. But I also plan to, to dedicate what time I need to, to the city of King. Yeah. Um, it's also going to be, you know, uh, I've been asked before, well, what are you going to do? You know, whenever you're selling real estate, well, as long as the city is not offering an incentive for anything, then I've got no problems. But if I'm working on a commercial deal and there's going to be incentives or the city's involved, they're going to the economic development mm. director, not me. I will that's not touch them. That's no, all no, the kickbacks that no, you're not allowed to have. No, no, no. I, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't even go there. Mm. I mean, Smart. no. No, it's I have a license. I'm, I'm protecting my license with my life because, <laughs> because that is my livelihood. And no. 
and 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 I have worked on some commercial things that will be going to the economic development person. I will not get one penny off of them. I don't want it. You know, if the city can help them and get the business in King, great. That's what I want. Mm. Wow, that's really cool. Well, this is a kind of the conclusion of the podcast. You know, at the after all this, what is kind of the last message you want to tell people um, to the King citizens? To why should you be the mayor? Well, I think because I have a passion for it. I, I would love to see a change for Keene, uh, not drastic, and it won't happen overnight, but I would like to see a change for Keene that would be for the better. I would like to see growth, but I would not want, I would want it to be a controlled growth in that we wouldn't get things in there that the citizens wouldn't want. Uh, I think transparency, I, I think the budgets and stuff, I think all of that is critical. It's got to be taken care of. It's got to be reviewed. It's got to be, you know, you need that reserve fund. Um, I think everything in Keene is workable and doable and that we can have a much better city. And I'm not talking about faith-wise, but retail business-wise, a much better city than what we have right now. Keep our Christian values and love our neighbors and take care of our neighbors and take care of our city. We can, we can do all that together. And no one person, whether I'm the mayor or, or anybody else, should ever do a lot of grandstanding at the expense of the entire city. Mm. They just should not do it. And so I, I would like to be your mayor. I would be honored to be your mayor. But if you choose someone different, I just hope that they have some of those passions too and that they want to make things better for Keene. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thank and, you for uh, having me. Hopefully we can, you know, kind of network some more in the future. So, thanks. Good. Bye. <laughs>